0: Big Ten Plus Four is a member of OddPods Media and ASAP All Sports All Plays Network.
1: Welcome, 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 welcome! Big Ten Plus Four. A little delayed there on the uh, the That's opening. Right. We got a it's nice morning. snort laugh there from Sam. Um, nonetheless, yeah, we're live. This is this is part of the live programming. Um, <laughs> big Ten Plus Four. If you're just joining us for the first time, we're college sports with a Midwest perspective, blue collar and blue blood. Part of our our mission statement, if you will, our, our tagline was: "Are you tired of hearing the Big Ten can't win it all in the Big Dance?" <laughs> Well, boy, you're going to be a little bit more nauseated because this year did not help you at hey, all. Hey,
0: hey, 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 hey. Let's calm down on that. We still got a representative in the uh, in the tournament.
1: I was going to say, we started with nine, and then there was one. The Purdue That's Boilermakers right. is it. Do you feel the pressure today, Sam?
0: Um, no, because you know what? See, I've even got the graphic for it. Um, <laughs> no, because you know what? They should win. Let's say it that way. It, it, if they don't, it's not anything new. I'm A a Cubs fan and B a Purdue fan, where I've been disappointed in first and second rounds before. So um no, I'm not I'm not feeling any pressure.
1: See, you you feel like you're incapable of any more emotional damage, but let me just tell you that
0: with <laughs> this comes.
1: team in this region, if something happens after Kentucky gets knocked out, Baylor gets knocked out, and the door is wide open for the, the final four for the first time in 42 years, if 15 St. Peters and them boys from Jersey City send Purdue home, I I think that might be just as much emotional damage as you can maybe feel.
0: That's par for the course, though. They've beaten Kentucky, and they beat, <laughs> beat Murray State, so yeah. And this, you know, all the other craziness, geez. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the kicker is the opportunity for, uh, for Purdue opened wide open when St. Peter's beat Kentucky, hmm. you know, that was where in my bracket, I kind of had hedged a little bit on whether I pick Purdue. I ended up picking Purdue to go to the final four anyways, before any of this happened. So, um, I can still take credit for it, but, uh, um, yeah, that, that, I always kind of root for an underdog, even if I've got it picked. I, I brackets be damned. I don't it's I don't done care. for fun. It's done for fun. You know, I'd like to think, yeah, I know what, a, what in the world I'm talking about. If you looked at my bracket,
1: that's not the case at all. Oh, mine's not even worse. A, yeah, I don't yeah. I don't have a single final four team. We were talking about this before we went live. A single final four team alive. <laughs> and I I I'd consume so much college basketball. Yeah and it just doesn't matter it just doesn't matter
0: and and dalton you're part of 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 the uh the group in which uh (laughs) i put together which consists of me my wife and my four boys um my buddy matt and you and uh that's right my six-year-old is first right now and he has uh he has a national champion still in the, game, the hunt. <laughs> My yep. wife, though, has the most potential points because she's got her her entire national championship game is still in. It doesn't okay. matter who you are. It doesn't matter who you know. No, 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 you no. put if you put any thought into it, you're probably still not. If, you're not doing well.
1: If I did a another bracket where I just went off of colors, I would have done better yeah. than with basketball knowledge. And Which colors do you
0: prefer? Right.
1: Yeah just yep. how this thing goes um and we'll talk a little bit too about some of the craziness that's happening in the ncaa tournament but first we haven't been able to
0: <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> i thought we were going there yeah, i know i'm keeping sam spinning with
1: the graphics
0: i didn't get the rundown this morning
1: hmm. <laughs> uh it, it should be in the email inbox for big 10 plus four if you want to go over there that way oh. it helps you at all um oh, hey,
0: look there it is yeah
1: <laughs> I'll keep spinning along, though. Uh, Back to just Big Ten in general for the NCAA tournament, because we haven't had a moment to recap everything that's No, it seems like
0: it's been forever since we got together.
1: So, obviously, let's start where you had two Big Ten teams in the play-in games. Uh, Indiana wins it and then has to go on a flight where they land in Portland at about 9 or 10 a.m. the very next day, and that's... 30 hours away from their next game uh it seems like the logistics because that game was played in Dayton they had to fly out to I think it was Portland I I I think that's where it was um yep I mean the logistics of that absolutely railroaded what already maybe smaller chances Indiana had already had so my big my big fight with that one is the logistics need to try and get a little bit better where those play-in games should be funneling into to regions nearby whether it well be that, Indy, that Pittsburgh. was
0: that was actually brought up to me by somebody they they said what are the what's the reasoning for Dayton and I just basically ran the fingers together it's all about the cash yeah. I said they're they're the I said the 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 explanation that was given when they first started doing the a the play-in games and then expanded to the first four is it's the most central well it's not the most central if you're going west correct so is there a reason why they don't funnel the like you said funnel them into the east the 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 midwest those regions or have a second site where they're playing two of the games in the west because those teams then funnel into the west and south don't know why yep. why
1: Yep. No, it's it's a great question. Uh, hopefully, that's something that gets worked on in the in the years following. But then Indiana comes back to Bloomington and gets rid of assistant coach Dane Fife, and which was a little bit of stunning news. I felt like Dane Fife just one year later really? in Bloomington. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, they I did they, not hear this. They released a statement. Dane's gone, and for some fans, Dane thought, or they thought Dane was kind of the succession plan that. Mm-hmm. As Woody gets older, Fife will just elevate. Excuse me, move down the bench and take the, the head coach spot there for Indiana. So some some interesting news coming out there. Uh, Was where there any
0: reason given other than he's just not coming back?
1: Both released a statement. It sounds like it just wasn't a good fit. And okay. and Woody and Fife didn't really know each other before this experience. Um, so I I get maybe it being a bad fit, but the way it ended was kind of the the way it happened at the end was kind of puzzling where
0: mm-hmm. um doesn't say he was at michigan state for a long year, long
1: time yeah and and i i've gotten to know dane over years and dane's a really really good guy funny guy he's got a little mm-hmm. bit of uh, night tendencies in him when it right? comes to sense of humor <laughs> and everything else but um Yeah, hopefully he lands on his feet. We'll we'll, we'll keep that in mind. Um, The other play-in game, though, for the Big Ten, Rutgers. Rutgers had a classic with Notre Dame, double overtime overtime. game. Rutgers falls just short. The Irish survive, and the Irish nearly make it to the Sweet 16. They had Texas Tech on the ropes in the round of 32 after getting by Alabama. Um, and, And since we're kind of Midwest, we can talk a little Notre Dame. They almost became, well if it wasn't for the Peacocks and some of these other teams, Notre Dame was almost a Cinderella this year's tourney.
0: Yeah, they would have. uh, I think, honestly, they definitely would have been my pick over the other 11 seed that, well, I guess there are two 11 seeds in the sweet 16. Um, But uh, which, Let's uh, real quick. Did you d- is it coincidental that the hurricanes and cyclones play in the Windy City tonight in the Sweet 16?
1: <laughs> I did see somebody on Twitter said we're <laughs> guaranteed a natural disaster in the Elite 8. So That's, was... <laughs> right.
0: That's right. Um but uh yeah, I would have liked to see Notre Dame do it because they they were playing extremely well and mm-hmm. uh Texas Tech is just I had them going to the Elite 8 and and winning last night but uh i again brackets be damned when i see start seeing uh some performances like like notre dame i i I was kind of hoping that they would advance uh i don't get what i want i also didn't think michigan should have been where they were either so (laughs) we definitely don't get what we want
1: (laughs) we can bring up michigan too michigan makes it all the way to the sweet 16 last night the run stops against villanova the wildcats send them home uh, I mean, it was kind of something when the bracket came out, you looked at it and you're like, boy, there's another path here for Michigan, isn't it? And and they make it to five straight sweet 16s now as, as they get by Colorado State and then Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: which that was your first big upset of the tournament, which was the first game that tipped off on Thursday was Michigan beating an elite eight team that you had picked. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) It's just how it goes. That's right. Well, and and the one thing I noticed last night uh, with the Michigan or Thursday night with Michigan and Villanova is Hunter Dickinson didn't look like he was as dominant as he had been in the previous couple of rounds. And then like the other games that I'd seen, it looked like he was just disrupted by Villanova overall. Like they, they threw a wrench in his plans.
1: And I think there's ways to frustrate and kind of disrupt what Dickinson does. And I think Jay Wright is one of the best coaches in America. I really like Jay Wright. Figured it out. Yeah, I mean Dickinson. If you watch his game, a lot of what he does is to one shoulder. Now, Mm -hmm. granted, it's really hard to stop, but it's a lot to one shoulder. Like it's his game is slightly, excuse me, predictable. Um, Yeah. And then you had. The game that I thought could happen, the upset that could happen, or the team could just go on a run, and that'd be the Iowa Hawkeyes. They lose in the first game to Richmond. I mean, and and a lot of people were like, wow, aren't you surprised? Didn't you put them in the Final Four? And I'm like, I, I came into this with the idea that Iowa is playing as well as anybody else right now.
0: And that they, bubble could burst anytime.
1: time. And, and they could beat anybody right now. They could also lose to anybody right yeah.
0: now. Well, and I I had a family get-together this last weekend, and my nephew came up to me and clenched on my shoulder real hard and said, thanks for convincing me I was going on a run this this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. yeah, I, I was convinced that they – in Richmond, they ran into a buzzsaw with, with Richmond. They just yep. played strong enough and were able to, to – quell the storm of the iowa offense it, it, it baffles me it really does i had them in the elite eight and again the way if if you watched a
1: bunch of basketball leading into this tourney mm-hmm. iowa was playing just as good as anybody really in the country as well as they were shooting and everything just doesn't matter doesn't always translate
0: well, Dalton, we were talking last week that we thought they were under yeah i mean it's they could have we easily been th- they could have been easily a three seed and we wouldn't have argued with it.
1: Yeah. I so I mean <laughs> it's just part of March Madness. This is the beauty of this experience. Um, Illinois barely gets by Chattanooga and then drops to Houston. Um, this was an early exit that I did foresee coming just because I think Illinois has been disjointed all season long. Andre Curbelo's only had 15 to 20 practices all season with this team. It just feels like nothing ended up clicking together or the, the variables in time didn't allow this team to click together the way it was supposed to.
0: I'm disappointed because the, the all the pieces that they have, it just seems like they were geared to make a run. Mm Mm-hmm to the elite eight. It just seemed like that, you know, that they have the defensive lockdown guy that could have been the defensive player of the year in the conference. They have somebody that is an all-American at center. Yep. Uh they have the pieces that uh I, I don't remember the big man uh other than Coburn. I can't remember um kid's really good. I can't remember his name, but he's he's a good support piece. And it just they, to me, they had probably, to me, was the biggest letdown. And that's even considering Iowa got beat in the first round.
1: So you're very disappointed by what Illinois did. You, yeah, you...
0: they, a conference champion mm-hmm. struggling in the first round and getting beat in the second round. Not the fact that they lost early. If they would have, you know, performed well in the first round and then lost in a, in a close game. I can handle that. Uh, But it was, they just seemed like they were kind of going through the motions, like almost they didn't gel. And that might've been Curbelo being hurt. Most of the, or good portion, excuse me, portion of the year. And it just didn't gel in time. But that to me, they are the biggest letdown of the
1: interesting. Mm -hmm. well, Speaking of a conference champion that gets knocked out early, we can segue this conversation over to Madison. The Wisconsin yeah. Badgers get knocked out in the second round. And I thought, and I still do believe, Wisconsin had the best path to a Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. They have to beat Colgate, and then, oh, I'm blanking to to who they lost to. I'll find I that. State, wasn't it? No. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um. Iowa State and LSU were were both on the the other side, and yeah. the winner of that was Iowa State. You're right. Um. Now with Wisconsin, it's a little bit different because injuries came into play here. Chucky Hepburn got hurt. Right. Um. I, I mean, they had some adversity in their game. But nonetheless, that was that was one that I was surprised by. I didn't think Wisconsin would go maybe much further than the Sweet 16, but I thought things set up real nice for them to get to the Sweet 16.
0: Yeah, I and 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 they struggled with Col- Colgate. They didn't yeah. handle Colgate like they should have or conceivably with the seedings, you know, but which I guess that didn't that that's what led me not to be too surprised by them losing to Iowa State. Um, not that I picked it. Um, I didn't, I had Iowa or Wisconsin going to the elite eight. So, I mean, I had, <clears throat> I had them going on just because my dumb brain said, I know these guys they're going to win, you know, but uh, not necessarily the case, but, uh, yeah. It, so, so while it was surprising that I saw they lost and it really disappointed one of my sons because he had them in the national championship. Um, oh but yeah yeah um it it wasn't the surprise that 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 Illinois gave I mean I guess it Illinois wasn't a surprise it was a letdown I mean it wasn't even that I was surprised necessarily I guess
1: um Ohio State this is a team that played in one of the uglier first round games they
0: disappointed me because they overperformed jeez
1: (laughs) yeah loyola chicago and ohio state that was a game where nobody could hit a shot it was like bad voodoo was in the gym and nobody was allowed to make shots uh ohio (laughs) state wins that one 54 41 um before getting knocked out by villanova but ohio state this is another example of a team that i didn't think had what it took to go much further than where they did. And I I, I honestly, I thought they they got a steal beating Loyola Chicago because I think the Ramblers had a game plan with Drew Valentine, a head coach, that really probably should have beaten Ohio State. They just flat out didn't make
0: shots. It was like somebody you know like around halfway through the first hey we need to take the lids off of that of those <laughs> baskets so somebody can put some some points up and then they must have put them on at halftime and forgot to pull them off after the hat i mean it was it was god-awful ugly for a, wa- a long portion of that game well the losing team scores 41 yep i mean yeah that just no
1: sums <laughs> it up sums <laughs> it up um and then Michigan State, and I think we're just about through. we got Michigan State and then Purdue, and mm-hmm. I think we've hit all nine. I, I think um, you're right. But Michigan State hangs on to win against a pesky Davidson team. Um, Davidson was was giving everything it had in that one. Uh, <laughs> and then Michigan State matches up with Duke, and this is something I,
0: that... I really thought they had it.
1: You know? And, and, and so... I I actually was there in Greenville, South Carolina and Mm -hmm. and at the game. Um, I had a couple of thoughts leading into it because we all anticipated ever since the bracket, before even the bracket showed Michigan State Duke, there was a a feeling because Michigan State and Dukes usually seem to be in the same bracket for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. Now, and there have been explanations that there's a bunch of different variables and and factors. Um, Oh hand up go ahead yeah
0: I'm raising my hand because I have a question
1: yeah uh, do you right.
0: think do you uh, do you hold it past the committee to have done that on purpose since Shashevsky is in his farewell tour and Izzo and Shashevsky, that rivalry has always been a really good one I do
1: believe that it was good for the committee um but in seeing some different explanations that are out there and that have been told to me. Honestly, it just lined up Uh, the way everything lines up with regions and whatnot. Like that's, that's a big part of the problem. And I know we're going to talk about buzz Williams a little later on in the show. A big part of the problem is. There is a lot of work that goes into the, the selections, the, the committee and everything else. So much work and so many different variables that it's not, easily communicated to the public and i think that's the number one issue that we have when we when we talk about this because mm-hmm. it's not it, it's not so much about sleight of hand it's not so much about deception it's not so much about that it's just like the net factor can you tell me what the net factor is
0: i have no idea what you're talking are you talking about the thing the ball goes through when it goes through the hoop
1: <laughs> but that's <clears throat> it's it's the primary sorting tool for uh, the metrics uh, oh. to, to try and pick teams. And there's like eight different formulas that build this one formula and trying to understand that and trying to understand the difference between predictive metrics, result based metrics and all these different things. There's too much. And and that's not necessarily the committee's fault, but it being communicated to the public is a problem. Like it's mm-hmm. just simply too much information. It's not easily uh, communicated. A uh, point, point but is
0: there is there, a, is there a place or people that actually try to explain this to the to the lay person such as myself?
1: I think there are some but I I think they're it's not their job.
0: Right. I, I, I th- and that's what I'm getting at is is there should be somebody that Agreed. explains this.
1: That's exactly right. That's what I was going to get to. That is I'm exactly sorry, I right. I'm sorry. Took
0: your took your thunder, but no. no, no explain no. this to me. Yeah. Because we're going to get to it, but I'm I'm with Buzz Williams on this.
1: Yeah. All right. So we'll, 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 we'll tuck that away for yes. now. We'll come back to that. Um, but Michigan State matches up with Duke, Izzo, and Coach K for the sixth time in the NCAA tournament. It's the most ever between two head coaches. Um, one last time you get Izzo and Coach K. What's, what's not to love about that? Um, heading to that game and anticipating it, I thought to myself, you know, I don't hate how Michigan State lines up with Duke. Right, uh, some of the best players on Duke. You have some Michigan State guys that can kind of maybe wash that out. Williams, the the Duke seven footer. I kind of thought Bingham was able to kind of balance that out. Uh, Bancaro, their star. I like the idea of Malik Hall guarding him. And then we got there, and I saw Paulo Bancaro in person. <laughs>
0: Not a not a Kofi Coburn feeling, but goodness,
1: I, I TV <laughs> does not do justice. His calves, his calves are this wide, like, like each ball sized. Oh my! And he's six ten. I mean, the 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 man is ginormous, and some of the other guards keels. <laughs> keels looks like a running back or a linebacker i mean the dude is uh, just bulked up and and so in watching duke i i simply had just and, and not that i was underestimating duke but i underestimated the size i was not expecting ban caro to be as big as he is and he's not necessarily like if you throw the word thick on him like he's not like any kind of wide or fat or anything right. the dude is just mass. He is massive, and I, I totally understand why NBA scouts are all over this guy <laughs> now, and he's a top-five pick. I mean, he's A, he's really good, but his size is something that, woof. Um, but you're right, Michigan State gave them all they could handle, up mm-hmm. five with five to go, um, and then it just kind of slipped away. And you know what? For Michigan State, and, and I've talked about this with some people afterwards, they gave Duke everything they could handle, they played their tails off, and they made Duke beat them by taking bad, right. sh- tough shots, not maybe bad shots, but they had to hit tough, tough shots to win. You know what? That's just how it goes sometimes. Duke yes. hit the tough shots.
0: Well, and that's, you know, the, the, that's the, the way you look at it is Duke won the game. It yep. wasn't that Michigan State lost it. They just had happened not to make as many shots when, in, when they needed it. So mm-hmm. it wasn't that they lost it. Duke just won, yep. and that and that's the way you'd prefer. At least me as a coach, I'd prefer to lose a game that way. Mm-hmm. The other team just outplayed us and won. And i it, I thought it would have been fitting that you know his last game was against Michigan State. You know, in the tournament. You know, all those battles and things. So did I. <laughs> yeah, I saw your bracket. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, yeah i i I really like that match i liked watching that matchup that was probably one of my favorite ones to watch other than the purdue games that i watched
1: well let's get into purdue and a little bit more duke in the second quarter now yeah (whistles) let's start well let's let's stay big 10 let's go purdue boilermakers
0: let me get my banner up there there we go
1: oh yeah the (laughs) the king of the hill um Purdue has St. Peter's, the Peacocks, tonight in the uh, Sweet 16. Uh, Sam's already stated that he is not nervous. He does not feel pressure. He is a broken man, and there's nothing that can get to him. Um, but, but nonetheless, hey,
0: forty-two years of being a well, I'm sorry, thirty-seven years of being a Cubs fan with no title has <laughs> has made me numb to all insults. And yeah, I want them to win. Yeah, they don't. It's not the end of the word Tomorrow, the sun will come up. Tomorrow, still. I At don't. Least I hope.
1: <laughs> I don't know how. If we're if we're gonna do a quick analysis on this game, I don't know how St. Peter's can guard Zach Eady. I also don't know how St. Peter's guarded Oscar Shebue. I missed some of that game. I have no idea
0: how they pulled that I off. Listen, I listen. I listened to it, and and from my understanding, he basically was a machine. Still, okay. So I don't think they did. I think what they did was took the other avenues away from Kentucky. That kind of canceled out that dominance, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so maybe it's a it's a night where Zach Eadie drops in twenty five, maybe maybe even gets close to thirty, and they see if they can shut down the perimeter and and try and make Stefanovic, Iv, all little obsolete. Uh, we'll we'll see if that works. I just, I mean, if we're looking at this now, granted, I didn't mean to cut you off, Sam.
0: No, I wasn't getting ready. I was just. Yeah,
1: The best teams don't always win this thing. No, that's pretty evident by now. Okay. Because St. Peter's is not better than Kentucky. They're not. It's For not one even... night.
0: They were, that was it. it. That's all they th- needed to be.
1: That's the beauty of this tournament. That's what's awesome. Um, You, if which you is blind... also,
0: I'm sorry, which is also the reason why you say you cannot hang your hat on your performance in the tournament, because if you get like, Kentucky Correct. had one hell of a season. Yep. Now they, they got caught by somebody with a hot night.
1: Now, granted, you get as much volume as the big 10 does in this tournament. The nature of things would produce better results than what the big 10 has had. That's mm-hmm. disappointing. But using that as a, the the loan evaluation tool on your team's success or your conference's success, it's just not, not indicative. Um. Right. But yeah, I mean, you line up Purdue, you line up St. Peter's Purdue's a far more talented team, but we've seen time and time over history that doesn't really matter when it comes to March Madness. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I saw
0: one analysis of it this morning before we came on and and the the guy, I think it was Sean Farnham on ESPN said, if St. Peter's can find somebody that equates to Zach Eadie and somebody that equates to Jaden Ivey, then they have a chance. And I totally agree with that. I've watched a little bit of St. Peter's, but not hard, not a bunch. Those two pieces right there. Just if you don't have, like you mentioned off air, the Yale Purdue game looked like ants around a tree.
1: It did. It did. It was comical.
0: Yeah. And I think it could be very similar to that. Now the Purdue Texas game, they needed Trivion Williams in there. Yep, Edie was not going to be the one that that was dominant, and he didn't. Yep. He had, you know, I think he had double digit points, but he just struggled. You could see he was getting eaten alive by their defense. Whereas Williams was able to. Uh, the dude is what six ten, I think. Yep, and he can dribble and he can pass, and that right there kind of it, it helped negate. Texas's defense a little bit to where he could get the open man get to the open man he could he he could shoot I mean he scored 22 so he I think that's what Purdue's got for them going for them is they can sub in a different centerpiece in, in on how the game's going and that that's that to me makes them dangerous going forward which is one of the reasons why i picked them to go to the final four now i am a homer look at the shirt (laughs) but that is one of the reasons why i picked them to, to go to the final four is they have that centerpiece that they can sub in and out just depending on which one's being more dominant during that game
1: well and that's i told you before the season even started if you were to make a basketball team from scratch like personally what i would like would be either Purdue's roster or Illinois' roster. And that's mm-hmm. why I, I keep going back to Illinois just being disjointed. I just don't think they had enough time and experience yeah. together to gel. Purdue's kind of had that. Purdue is a great point guard away from damn near being unbeatable. I mean, just straight up. like that's Well, they're, really they're a
0: good point guard and a few bad bounces away from r- making a run I use, Yeah, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, because literally, you know, what, four or five of their seven losses came on last second game winners, buzzer beaters and stuff. And I know we've beaten that one down into the, Mm -hmm. but, but it literally tells you they would be one or two loss if they just didn't get those bounces. But at the same time, if they had a strong point guard, they would have beaten Iowa in the championship game of the big 10 tournament, because I think that's where they kind of, you know, went sour. Because they played decent enough defense, their defense has improved since the start of the Big Ten tournament. Yep. So I don't know if Matt Painter just said, "Okay, boys, we're not shooting a ball. We're going to do Norman De- uh, Norm De- Norman Dale style, and we're going to practice without a ball because we're playing defense." Yep. I don't know, but yeah, I think, uh... I think Purdue has bettered their chances with the way they've played their defense since the Big Ten tournament.
1: And and I agree. And so then the other big flaw offensively is just about Jaden Ivey, and it's not that Jaden Ivey's the problem. It's just that you're asking Jaden Ivey to run the offense and be the offense a right. lot of times. And it's a lot like I think it was Mike DeCourcy who actually used this analogy. A lot like Ayodele Sumu at Illinois last year. You're asking him to to orchestrate and create everything, and then go be the the guy who scores like. It's not that that's too much or anything. It's just complicated and complex mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. that spot. Like, it's, it's it's just difficult to make that work. And uh, we'll see if Purdue's able to do it for a long run.
0: Well, and you know, Jaden Ivey is not a point guard. So, right. like, the, if you're asking him to do that, you're asking him to do something out of his norm, out of his skill set. And that's going to throw... He's going to have to concentrate more on doing that. It takes away from his... It takes away from the rest of his game. Yep. And he's not already not the greatest defender. Right. So if you have him running an offense, trying to create stuff, his defense is going to st- suffer more.
1: Oh, and I feel like one of the best things that you see in Jaden Ivey is you get some Purdue guard uh, to to dribble penetrate, or you get a, a double team down low on a big, and you kick out to Jaden Ivy, and you have mm. to have the defense come sprinting out to close out. Good luck, like you you've already lost. Like that's well, yeah because
0: because best. The, if he's not already shooting it, he's you by the time you get out drives. to out there he's and he's so fast yep but he and yes he can create it but he if he doesn't have to yeah you know if he doesn't have to don't
1: yep and so let we'll move away from the big 10 for just a moment before we get to halftime um we did talk duke a moment ago mm-hmm. i'm starting to buy more and more into this really feels like it's going to be coach K's farewell tour with the national championship. I have really started to buy into that idea. Now Duke. Don't drink the Kool-Aid dude.
0: Don't drink the Kool-Aid. I
1: already have. I'm a goner. Um, but, (laughs) but so now Duke has Arkansas on the elite eight, um, surprise. Oh, them beating Gonzaga. I, I, and and that goes back to the point earlier. The best team doesn't win this tournament all the time, or honestly, kind of rarely do they win this tournament. It's just so crazy. It's mm-hmm. March Madness. Um, but yeah, Gonzaga to me was the most talented team. It's the team I picked just because it makes the most sense. Um
0: well, and here's a question for you. You you'll have you'll have all the and you know the fan style, but mm-hmm. if Duke wins you know, they'll say, well, we were the best team all year. No, you weren't.
1: No, you no, weren't. no, yeah. no, you
0: weren't. Um, they're, they're, I would, I would say congratulations, but that you weren't the best team overall. You just, emotion does a lot. Yep. Sentimentality does a lot. If you watch the beginning of that Duke Texas Tech game, Texas or Duke was a little strong, you know, tight at the start. Yep.
1: Oh, I don't know how they, they couldn't be. Can you imagine the pressure of a coach I know. with five national titles who's coached for 42 years? You're talking about him as the winningest coach all time. You put his name next to John Wooden. And, hey, boys, uh, you guys are going to have the final chapter on Coach K's book.
0: If you lose, out. guess what?
1: Ooh. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's terrifying. And and they That's had terrifying, that yeah. at Coach K's last uh, game at Cameron Indoor where North Carolina beat him. Like,
0: Maybe that was the kickstart of that, and they said, oh, my goodness, we can't do this. We can't, I mean, we can't lose the his last game.
1: Well, and that's like that Michigan State game. Duke came down and hit shots. Like, they showed winning DNA. They did a lot of different things in that game that mm-hmm. made me really kind of flip my mind on this team because what they showed in that game. I just, it's it's got to be hard. Got to yeah. be hard. It's a tough spot. But nonetheless, I'm starting to, to kind of feel that way. Um, other big national reactions. I, I, is there anything else that was huge to you that jumped off the board?
0: Uh, no, I, I mean, there were some surprises, but nothing really just like Auburn losing was one to me. Auburn losing how they lost. Yeah. I would never be surprised with anything. I've lost my national champion on day one before, so nothing surprises me on that aspect, but they lost by 18 points. Yeah. To a team that was one of the last few to make it in.
1: Yep. And I was on a plane, so I didn't get to see how this happened, but I checked the score and was like, what? Because you talk about seeing somebody in person, that Auburn-Miami game was also in Greenville, South Carolina, Mm -hmm. and I got to watch Jabari Smith in person. Big dude. I, it's a cheat code. The guy's just about seven feet tall. He can jump out of a gym. He did jump out of a gym in the first round game and absolutely destroyed a body. Like oh he still gosh, wanted yes. in South Carolina.
0: I'm um, <laughs> surprised the, he was able to get on the plane.
1: Yeah, no kidding. But like, I, I mean, for for Miami to figure something out there because I watched the Miami USC game in person too, and I, I came away from that thinking. Huh. I mean it's it's a good game between two teams, and next one can go home. It's a good round. game, like,
0: a good game between two teams that's going to lose next round. Yeah, That's like kind of what you were thinking.
1: Didn't have another thought outside of that with with how Auburn looked in person, their size. But um, again, March Madness does its thing. Um, but I, I suppose that kind of leads us into our weekly poll. If we go to at yeah, Big Ten Plus Four,
0: let me get that pulled up. Oh, yep. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, this week's poll question, which upset up to this point in the tournament is your most surprising one? We have four choices that we I came up with, and if you uh, don't see your choice here, go ahead and put it in the comments uh, on Twitter. It's uh, uh, 15-seeded St. Peter's over 2-seeded Kentucky in the first round, 12-seeded Richmond over 5-seeded Iowa in the first round as well. Then you have Miami, 10-seeded Miami over 2-seeded Auburn. We just talked about that. And the one I came up with that I, I was I wasn't necessarily scrambling for a fourth upset, but this one surprised me a little bit. Did it? Eight, okay, eight seeded North Carolina over Baylor, and I'll explain it. No, not necessarily that North Carolina won. It's the fact that North Carolina was up by twenty five points with about what twelve minutes left oh, in the game, yeah. lost yeah. the lead, went to overtime, and still had it in them to win the game. Yeah, that's what surprised me.
1: OK, fair enough, fair enough, because uh, I, when you, you threw the options up there and I saw that Baylor making an exit early wasn't stunning to me just because right. they lost L.J. Cryer right before the yeah. tourney, which was their leading score. Um, and, and I thought North Carolina had recently been a kind of a revamped team than what they had been in the early part of the
0: season. They beat Duke by double digits on Coach K's last night in Cameron.
1: I mean, I, I thought they had started to kind of figure things out. And, of course, they got a first-year head coach over there in Hubert Davis that's yeah. trying to to get it together in Chapel Hill. Um, I look at those options. To me, it's a layup. It's got to be St. Peter's over Kentucky. I yeah. didn't know where St. Peter's was until that game.
0: I, you I know what? I, no I, I, the <laughs> only reason I know is because I I, I looked it up because I thought – they're going to the Sweet Sixteen. I wonder how far they have to travel. Uh, they about ten minutes. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> they're, they're going to Philadelphia and they're yeah. in Jersey City, New Jersey. So like Purdue's going to play these guys in a home game. Uh, the Peacocks home game. <laughs> yeah, but I still think the Boilers will travel well. They yeah. they always do.
1: Well, and given, again, the opportunity that rides with this Purdue team, a lot of black and gold fans kind of want to say they were there at, on on pit stops along the way. Yeah,
0: because 1980 was the last time Purdue went to the Final Four. That's right. I was about six months old, Think seven about months old. Gene Cady, one of the
1: greatest coaches, never went to a Final Four.
0: He wasn't there.
1: That's
0: yeah. They're the, the two best chances I remember Gene Katie know now in 1987 they got beat by Kansas State in the second round I don't remember that very well I remember them losing but I don't remember the the ins and outs of it but in 94 they got beat by Duke in the elite eight they had a 13 point lead and blew it because Cherokee parks was a very a real center and Purdue didn't have a center their center was like 6 nine. But he well, was a big dude. He was a bu- a bruiser,
1: and and help me here was that the uh, uh, Glenn Robinson. Year? That was
0: Glenn Robinson, Conzo uh, Martin, Matt Waddell, uh, Ian Stambach was their center, and he was like six nine, and and he was he was basically a big dude that could push around. But Cherokee Parks just absolutely ate him alive once they got going, and uh, that was the, the uh, Duke Arkansas in the finals when Arkansas won it in ninety four.
1: So as time has gone on and and tales get told, I had heard that Glenn Robinson was injured actually in that game in the in the hotel the night before he had bumped up against the wall and he had been injured and tried to play through the injury. I can't remember exactly what body part it was, but as I've heard this this story a few times in that game, he was not 100 percent. I was going to say
0: he only had about 15 points the whole game. So it would only not surprise me at all. That's just well, how good Big that, Dog was. No, it's well, just well, funny. that's just it. You know, <laughs> in the Sweet Sixteen against Kansas that year, he scored thirty in the first half. Yep, and he had one of the stretches during that first half just blew me away. This is how good he was, or how hot he was that night. He went and jump stopped at the free throw line and did the, you know, the little his feet started giving out. And he was falling back and he just threw the ball up there and they called him for travel. He threw it up there and it down like he was falling down. Yep. And he got poked in the eye after he made his second three pointer and it didn't phase. Like he was just he he was zoned in. That was one of the the best games I've ever seen. And I saw him score 49 against Illinois to seal the Big Ten title that year.
1: So between That,
0: that was amazing.
1: Between that Sweet Sixteen game and the Elite Eight game, the story is he was hurt in the hotel.
0: Um, it, it wouldn't shock me, you yeah. know. It wouldn't shock me. Um, it's I. I hope it was clearly an accident and not something that uh, you know could have been prevented. If that makes sense. Oh,
1: and and well, the story like. I don't remember all the details, and and so I'm trying to stay as as neutral as possible. Sure. But it wasn't like anybody's intentions to to injure him by any. No, no, way. no. I
0: mean, like uh, some some activities that went on that made him a little clumsier, maybe.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, 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 and and honestly, from the story, like what I do remember is the spirit of it was it was just a an accident between maybe a couple of and and. Teammates is okay. what I okay. understand just playing Good. around Good. is what I that, what that,
0: I that makes me f- that keeps the the purity of it all yeah. in my head uh, <laughs> that, a little bit better no but the other real quick before we uh, go to the next topic that we're gonna uh, go to or go to halftime two thousand the year the the last year that uh, or the year that uh, Michigan State won in Indianapolis yep. um Purdue and Wisconsin played in the Elite Eight they were six and eight seed. And Purdue had lost, I believe, twice out of three times to Wisconsin. I'm thinking, this is Gene Katie's best chance. Yep. And this is ideal because Purdue was a six seed. They'd beaten Gonzaga and Oklahoma and had gotten to the point where they were, you know, in the Elite Eight. Wisconsin can beat them and (laughs) laid a stinking egg and got beat by Wisconsin.
1: I just wanted the, to see
0: him in the final four. It wasn't even that I, I thought know. they'd win the the whole thing. I just wanted to see Gene Katie get to a final four.
1: So quick question before we get to halftime, which also sure. that's the same year where Wisconsin does beat Purdue. They go play Michigan State in the, one of the more boring final four games of all time, 53-41, mm-hmm. where all the national media who hadn't fallen Michigan State all year said, wow, Michigan's. You, you really think them playing that slow, they're gonna be able to beat Florida in this title game. And then Michigan State's like, oh no, that's not really how we play.
0: We, we played down we played to their level on that <laughs> yeah,
1: one. We we'll score 89 against the Gators and win at 8976. And one of the more impressive flip of the switch in terms of pace of plays that you'll well, see.
0: I'm sure it shocked the national media.
1: Uh-huh. No, absolutely. Um like, where'd
0: this team come from? Have you not been paying attention? Good lord. The Flintstones were for real.
1: Uh-huh, it's true. If if Purdue gets by Saint Peter's and wins the next game, we're playing a big hypothetical if. Does Sam
0: Sprunger book a ticket to New Orleans? Oh goodness, I would love to, but I'm a baseball coach as well, Dalton. Ah, so okay, I okay. cannot. Cancel I would the love games? to. It's yeah, Purdue yeah, final. Yeah. Four. Sorry, per <laughs> yeah. People in Ohio really understand the value of Purdue basketball, <laughs> I'm sure. All right, let's head down. <laughs> I would I would love to, but it's not happening. Yeah. I'll good watch. Enough. Good All enough. right. <laughs> you are listening to Big Ten Plus Four, hosted on Anchor and StreamYard. I'm Richie, a.k.a. Midnight Agent Raw. I'm Devin, a.k.a. Special Delivery Dev. We're the Super Media Bros Podcast.
1: And each week, we give a comedically informative take on movies, music, television, pro wrestling, and much more. Check us out at SuperMediaBrosPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else that you can listen to podcasts
0: shades on we're off hi i'm sam i'm richie i'm little matt and here in the 500 section lounge we are three dads who host a family-friendly weekly podcast yep we laugh we go on tangents and we talk to great guests tangents I don't know what you're talking about with that. You know, there are gases leaking. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah. We have legendary conversations from sports to history and everything in between. So be on the lookout for what we do next. And always be there to grab grab a a listen. listen.
1: All right, let's get to it. The third quarter. Um, Sam, we talked about this a little bit earlier on, but Buzz Williams. This was yeah. something that was that that hit a, a chord with you. So you wanted to talk about this one.
0: Yeah, and, and and I've made it very well known that I didn't and even the fact that they got to the sweet sixteen, I do not think Michigan should have been seated where they were. Mm-hmm. The the committee screwed it up. I don't care the explanation. The eye test of the fourth team in the Big Ten had to play in a play-in game or in a first four game to earn a right into the field of 64. Whereas Michigan, who was what, 17 and 11 going into it
1: hmm.
0: was seated with a bye, And, and, and I, I didn't understand the explanation in which we talked about just a little bit ago. There needs to be somebody explaining the metrics that they use to select because there are a lot of people that are upset about seedings, teams that get left out. How in the world does Texas A&M make it to the SEC championship game? Tournament championship game, finish fifth in the SEC. All four of the teams above them got seated as a four seed or higher. Mm-hmm. Michigan finishes ninth in the Big Ten or eighth in the Big Ten, or ninth. I don't remember which one exactly, but eighth or ninth, and they get a bye. But Texas A&M doesn't even make the tournament. I don't understand it, and Buzz Williams went off about it in a presser for the NIT after an NIT game. I I totally agree that there, and he and he went into depth where he mm-hmm. he said he spent days, he turned off his phone so he couldn't be bothered and just did nothing but research on these things, and he has no explanation for as to why Texas A and M was left out, and I I don't understand it either. Do you have any sort of information? I don't, Insider? Have a
1: good, I don't have a good answer for you on that one. I, I, I just flat out don't. I do know, like, like I, I kind of was talking about earlier, there are complicated layers to this. There's a lot of layers to this, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of math. And um, like what you talked about there with the eye tests, That's it's just not a part of this. It's It's really math-based. And maybe you could make the you could make the argument that that's part of a problem. But I, I do think we would end up arguing about eye test discussions, too, if we if we kind of start factoring that in. I don't have a great answer why Texas AM was left out. I, I don't have a good answer for that. But oh, um, I what I do know is that, like I said before, all this, the, the math that goes into this. And I don't think people fully understand, like how much goes into all the different formulas that there are out there and what they all mean Mm -hmm. and to your point sam i think that's something that the the ncaa should be like hey let's get one of our smart guys to break this down for everybody so everybody can be on the same page and we don't just have this sheer angst where we're like we don't understand because there's just simply it's it's just overwhelming how much there actually goes into this
0: well every year you have fan bases that are complaining that they were left out that that's gonna happen it doesn't matter if you open it up to 120 teams there's 121 is gonna complain right but when it's so overbearingly obvious that that this team should have been in there but they didn't there needs to be somebody explaining the the, the committee's reasoning. Yep. The committee's not going to come out and give, you know, they'll give as good of explanation as they can, but yep. they're not going to try to defend themselves because they'd be doing it all the time. Mm-hmm. There should be somebody in there doing it for them.
1: I, I believe that if the committee and the NCAA were transparent yep. with the math, and, and it's not, I don't even know that they're necessarily trying to hide it. I just don't think they're effectively communicating it. Yeah. I, I think if that was available information, the complaints go way down because you have an understanding yeah. and then you can at least agree or disagree from there. But right now, so much of the public, even myself and I, I'm in the game, <laughs> like I don't fully understand all the time the math that goes into this. I, I you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and that can and sure we could say that's a part of me, but like. If I'm struggling with it, I know there's a lot of other people out there that are struggling with it. Mm-hmm. And we should have a way to communicate this more effectively. That's that's my my point, be All and,
0: and I get that that there are so many different variables, like you mentioned. There's so many different variables, upsets in tournaments that steal bids away from those teams that are on the bubble. That happens. Yep. But goodness, I mean, that seems like this seems like the biggest miss that I've seen in years. Yep. And and it just happens that you know I mean it happens during one of the most crazy tournaments we've ever seen. Does Texas A&M if they get in go anywhere? Don't know. Yep. We can't we it's so crazy. Shoot, they could be a final four team. Right. Or they could have been out in the first round. Yep. So it, but there's we'll never know because yep. we're confused as to how they missed this badly on a team 20 plus wins. They had 21 wins going into selection Sunday, and a 17 win team gets a bye over them. Yep.
1: Nope. And again, I'm not, I'm
0: not, you know, saying anything bad about the the kids on on Michigan's team. Uh, They did the best they could, but I honestly, even though they made it to the Sweet 16, I don't care. I don't think they belonged in the position in which they were. Fair enough. Yeah.
1: I, I got no, no retort to that. Um, <laughs> real quick before we get to the fourth quarter, uh, yeah. big news in the Big Ten. We yeah. do have a coaching change. Um, in College Park, Maryland has hired the new head coach, Kevin Willard, coming over from Seton Hall.
0: Can I say that I think this is a home run? Really? Okay. Go I ahead. I love Kevin Willard. I, and it might be because I, the, <laughs> I'm not a closet Seton Hall fan. I like will openly say I like Seton Hall. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's been since 1989 when they made it to the, it literally was, I was rooting for the underdog. Yes, against Michigan, but I was rooting for the underdog. Oh, if I I was alive, I
1: would have rooted for (laughs) Seton Hall in that year too.
0: But I I really started getting an affinity for Seton Hall and I just kind of always followed him. And I really like the way he coaches. I've seen him. uh, I saw Seton Hall play Butler at Hinkle a few years ago. And I, I really like the way he coaches. And and I think this is, well, let's say it this way. Maybe it's not a home run. Um, it might be a good, solid ground rule double. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Well, I, I guess my big takeaway is, and I suppose this takeaway would have existed no matter who was hired. What's Maryland's expectations? Yeah. What, because what is, Kevin
0: Willard did not make it to any, I mean, he, I, I don't even think he made it to a sweet 16.
1: I don't believe he did either. And Maryland was up in arms about Mark Turgeon, who just won him a Big Ten title two years ago, mm-hmm. um, and didn't get to to play in the NCAA tournament that year because of COVID, mm-hmm. uh, because of the lack of Sweet Sixteens specifically. So, my question is, what what does Maryland expect? Where does Maryland think it thinks it belong on the Big Ten basketball or just national basketball hierarchy? Because I do believe there's a little bit of, I'm trying to think of a more flattering word for it, but dilution with, with the Maryland fans. I, I mean, they remember the Gary Williams era as like the golden age of basketball. And Gary did get him a national title in 2002, but... Beat IU. Conf- Yeah, it's true. Uh, <laughs> conference championships. He won one outright, and I think he shared another and all his years there at Maryland in the ACC. I, I just, I, but they remember you. We talk about not using the NCAA tournament as a loan evaluation tool. That's all Maryland's done. Like mm-hmm. as a fan base, they've only used that like, Hey, we have a national championship that buys you 20 years. You, you get to one sweet 16, get out of here. We We can do better than that. Like nothing else. Gary Williams wasn't winning in the regular season. At, at the high level that they they hold him up to
0: right and here's here i guess i think he's a home run because i do like his style now mm-hmm. if you're basing it on the expectations the way you just laid them out i totally 100 agree and Kevin that would have been with
1: anybody who got hired correct they uh, could have uh,
0: gotten roy williams to come out of retirement and they would have still said if that bum doesn't make it to the to the elite eight where he's gone in four years or whatever mm-hmm. um I like Kevin Willard's style to where he's going to he's going to win games he might not can he win a conference championship sure will he don't know. But like you just laid out, really doesn't matter Maryland as long as they get past the Sweet 16 or to the Sweet 16 multiple times.
1: That's I I would be curious to to pull together a hundred Maryland fans and what they would consider a success for Kevin Willard. Like what what would be that goal that they mm-hmm. have and kind of collectively put those results together. Because and and I, I mean I'm really not trying to come out here just a uh, hot sports take guy sure. shoot from hey, the hip at, you know at Maryland. Sure show do it. But I mean that's that's not really my point. My point just is what what are you expecting? Because mm-hmm. Turgeon, you couldn't get rid of him quick enough, and he won you a Big Ten title two years ago. Gary Williams still around there, and I mean it's a Gary Williams court. Gary Williams comes to all the games. Gary Williams, he's the king of. Is there College much more
0: Park. pressure showing up to a, a coaching in a Maryland game at at College Park with Gary Williams there all the time?
1: I think that's part of what Mark Turgeon experienced.
0: Yeah. And, I, and uh, you know what? Mark Turgeon, while he had his shortcomings and he was a really, he's a really good coach.
1: I, I So I don't know. I, I, I suppose that's my big question is what, what are you, what do you want? Mm-hmm. And, and until we have that answer, I don't know how we really grade uh, all this, but I will say uh, Maryland getting new practice facilities. Uh, was one of the conversations I had with uh, I a Maryland a grid, writer. Right? Yeah, I mean they they don't actually have a practice facility. I just learned that this week. Really? So, yeah. So <laughs> everything has to be done in the Xfinity Center, uh, or like they go over to I think the volleyball court and and practice. How does but that like happen. Correct. So <laughs> big miss on on Maryland's part over years. I think they had these plans. They got slowed down by COVID. That's going to start to to ramp back mm-hmm. up. So we'll see. That that kind of stuff should help.
0: One quick thing, Uh, I hope Purdue can help Seton Hall find their coaching or uh, make their coaching announcement um, because I'm almost certain Shaheen Holloway is going to be the the replacement to Kevin Willard at Seton Hall. So Purdue can 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 help out the Pirates by knocking St. Peter's out uh, tonight and, and getting him. To Seton Hall very quickly.
1: Those stars <laughs> seem aligned, don't they? I mean, oh, Jersey but, to Jersey yeah. to. <laughs> well, and just...
0: he, I saw I saw a, a thing that said that uh, the last New Jersey team to make it to the Sweet 16, their point guard was Sheehan Holloway at Seton Hall, and now oh, he is wow. he's the he's the coach of the the next team that has made it to the Sweet 16. So, um, yeah, I he's gonna I I don't know. If, if it's not happening, Seton Hall would have named their coach already, I would think.
1: Yeah. No, you, you might be right. Uh, Shaheen Holloway. I, I was curious if uh, he might stick around, if St. Peter's would be able to hang on to him. But, boy, I don't know how you get much better than what you currently have. Hey, he's a peacock. You got to let him fly, Sam. You got to let
0: him fly. He's a peacock.
1: <laughs> I love that quote so much. Oh, yeah.
0: I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly. <laughs> I wonder. It went in his uh, goodbye speech. I hope he says that.
1: <laughs> yeah, peacock, you gotta let me fly. Oh my god, I'm, that'd be perfect,
0: wouldn't it? Be <laughs> that'd and be so quote, good. And to and to quote, uh,
1: <laughs> Mark quote, Wahlberg. Yeah,
0: Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I'm a peacock. You gotta let me fly.
1: <laughs> oh shoot. Anyways, uh, anything else on Willard, or should we move to the fourth?
0: I I I I, I like the higher. Okay. But their expectations like you laid out maybe too high form yeah, at we'll, College Park.
1: We'll see we'll see how it lanes out. But let's move now to the fourth.
0: Fourth quarter. Fourth, yeah, sorry. I feel
1: I feel like a high oh, school football I'm player on a Friday night now. I'm gonna fourth wave. quarter. Oh, okay. Like Iowa.
0: <laughs>
1: Very nice. <laughs> um all right, so if you're new to the program, this is the section Shame where we you. get together yeah, no kidding. Yeah, where where have you where been? Where have you been? <laughs> um, but we pull together our headlines. Uh, we we bring something to the table that's uh, affected us, influenced us in the past week, and we call it our newspaper headlines. And for Sam Sprunger, we call it the Sam Sentinel. What do we got, Sam? Ooh, magnified.
0: Yeah, you like that? <laughs> well, I've got uh, yet another gripe.
1: Do you need me to do anything in the background? Any kind of dancing or anything? Is there you
0: can uh, you do whatever you want? Spirit fingers. Does this help you? It doesn't bother me. Let's say it that (laughs) way. It's
1: like shooting a free throw.
0: That's right. Yeah, it doesn't phase me. I'm that good. (laughs) So I've got another gripe. And this is a weird one, maybe. It's it's too prompt. Okay. So uniforms. Are always awesome. I love jerseys, the, you know, the different designs and things of that. And this has been happening for uh, 10 years, probably, but it bugs me to see a uniform when I'm watching Arkansas Gonzaga, see a uniform that has no name on it, just a logo on the front. It bothers me.
1: Interesting.
0: Come on. How hard is it to read Arkansas? or Razorbacks, whatever you need a picture. And I remember this happening back in the day when it started with North Carolina. It really bothered me. I hated them then I've seen teams up and down use just the logo. And it's, I believe it's Nike that does it and Nike, let's come on. There are things that you need to leave alone. And that is one of them. If you want to put a logo on your jersey, put it on the back. I've seen Nike do that where they have like the watermark logos on the back behind the Mm -hmm. names and numbers. Awesome. Because you can pay homage to the the university that you're making uniform uniforms for. But let's let's stop putting the logo right on the front instead of the name. Prong two. (laughs) Bunch of complaints today. Prong two. When did coaches stop wearing suits?
1: Oh, COVID, COVID. Why? Um, well, so so this is interesting. I don't I don't know if we end up having a debate about this, but um because in COVID there was nobody there and uh-huh. the idea was, well, at practice, this is what I wear every mm-hmm. day. I'm here in the gym. This is what I wear. Why am mm-hmm. I wearing a suit and tie, especially if nobody's here? And then it just kind of stayed. And mm-hmm. the culture just seamlessly shifted in the middle of COVID to uh, let's just wear what's kind of comfortable. Now, what I would say, too, is in football, they don't wear suits. In baseball, they wear jerseys.
0: Well, in baseball, they're required to. It's, it's part of the rule. They have to wear a uniform.
1: Which is baseball being baseball to the most max baseball thing ever. Honey Mac
0: used to wear a suit and tie while managing back in the day.
1: Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. But basketball's been the only sport that didn't or that did wear a suit. So does the suit not wearing bother you? A little bit. I know a lot of people it does bother A little bit. Go ahead. Now,
0: here's the thing. My grandfather used to coach high school basketball, and it was always. and, And here's the thing. It didn't bother him that Bob Knight wore a sweater, but it was still formally, you know, like a formal, it wasn't a, Hey, I've got a quarter zip pullover, you know, and I'm look like I just rolled out of bed, you know, and I'm running late, whatever. Let's say it this way. They don't wear uniforms to practice. Correct. Right. They have practice uniforms, kind of like the coaches wear their practice gear. But when they go on the court, they have to have their uniform. I'm not saying it should be required, but it needs to be. It, it, I, my grandfather always wore a suit. And, you know, he, I don't know. It, it I don't have an explanation other than it just really bothers me that all of a sudden one year they decided nobody's here. We'll wear what we want. And then people start showing up and they're like, yeah, we're going to we're going to stick with this.
1: Well, and. And I'm not saying you're wrong, but I do want to examine this a little bit. So you said you have no explanation and and it's really just about kind of tradition in the pageantry, the, 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 the image that basketball had always been for you. But my question, I guess, would be, as we further examine this in football, are you okay with the coaches wearing the quarter zips and the windbreakers there?
0: I loved when Mike Nolan, when he was the head coach of the 49ers. Now it had to be a Nike, uh, made suit, but he petitioned the league to wear a suit because his dad did when he was a coach. I really liked that move when I, I had decided when I was growing, uh, coaching, uh, freshly coaching, uh, football that if I ever got a, a, a head spot at a, at a varsity level that I would wear. A shirt and tie, at least for one game, really to pay homage to my grandfather because he was a high school coach and stuff. So, I yeah, I w- I was gonna even in the middle of August, I was gonna wear a shirt and tie as kind of a a, a you know a tribute, tribute, I guess. Yeah, yeah.
1: Interesting. Okay, okay. I just was curious, like,
0: sure, yeah. W- if
1: yeah. if basketball's the the rub, it is just because it's so fresh. Maybe it's just such an open wound, recent wound.
0: No, no it, 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 I don't know what it is that it bothers me so much, but it does like seeing coach K. He almost, he was always in Tom Izzo, always in a shirt and tie suit and tie. And then all of a sudden it was boom. Yep. Now we're never wearing shirt and tie. So I, yeah, it bothers me.
1: Trust me, I've heard so many complaints about it. I, I've heard so many complaints. <laughs> I'm but not I, going
0: to boycott or anything, but
1: <laughs> no, I just was curious why what mm-hmm. the uh the rub was interesting. Okay, good enough.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's 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 my complaint session for the uh Sam Sentinel.
1: All right, so let's fix the jerseys and get suits back on the sidelines. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Well,
0: the jerseys one is paramount importance because <laughs> you know what? I, I, I honestly, I love being comfy, so I wouldn't mind you know wearing quarter zip and and swooshy pants or whatever i don't care yep on that necessarily it bothers me but i'm i can get over that the i it bothers me even more though the logo on the jersey instead of a name
1: that's funny i never Mm -hmm. even thought about that until the same sentinel
0: surprise (laughs) we're we're
1: we're provocative here on the uh on big 10 plus (laughs) four that's right all right, for the Dalton Daily, I uh, wanted to take a look at um, women's basketball, and I specifically wanted to take a look at the Big Ten and what's what's been going on there, or use that as a reference point. Uh, Indiana hosted Princeton uh, last weekend in the NCAA tournament, and it was a crowd of ten thousand people. That's and a I, people. I saw some people or some videos of the people there in Assembly Hall. But it was alive. It was booming. It was a fun environment. Women's basketball in Iowa City. Of course, they got a superstar in Caitlin Clark that's flocking people into that building at Carver-Hawkeye right. Arena to watch her. But uh, attendance shows about 14,000 people in Iowa city watching the Iowa women's basketball game. It wasn't too long ago. Matter of fact, it might've even been, of course, COVID was in the midst of the last couple of years, but a couple of years ago, you would not see crowds like that. Mm -hmm. And that shows that the women's game is rapidly evolving and growing. And we're seeing, for maybe a couple of different reasons. Of course, now the women's NCAA tournament is called March Madness. It's synonymous branding with March Madness on the men's side, so they use March Madness. I don't know if that's a big help. If if that's what's building into this, um, I don't know if it's flat out because the game's growing and and more women are playing and and quite frankly, the women athletes are evolving. Yeah. like a, a woman dunking is not the most rare or a great like the, right. the wildest thing you've ever seen like I saw a video somebody had sent to me uh, of a high school girl who was doing drills workouts would rip through and finish with a dunk and I'm just sitting there just kind of amazed because that's how quickly athletes have evolved like mm-hmm. that was i can remember of. candace
0: parker dunking in a game being like the headline of the the highlights
1: yeah yeah i mean it's quickly evolving so the product is getting better yeah. as as time is going on you're getting more branding more marketing whatever it is it's working excuse me the women's game growing and having crowds like that i thought was such a cool thing because i mean it's it's top level basketball yeah. and 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 it deserves some of this this recognition um if if this is something a product a game that not only do you have a bunch of competitors fighting in but now you have people wanting to go watch i mean that is really neat we're we're at a pivotal spot in time right now in women's basketball and women's sports where we're watching the growth accelerate and really kind of blow through the roof and and also with the women's game you're starting to see more and more parody i mean forever it was i mean uh, like i was gonna re- mention that i mean it's still a little bit like it's gotten better but like filling out a women's bracket like you just one 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 two 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 and like not that you can just completely do that before you could it's mm-hmm. it's grown to a point where you can't just do that it's still not anything quite like the men's game in terms of uh, the, the ridiculous upsets and, and whatnot in and the in the parody like that doesn't exist yet. I don't know yeah. what it will take to get that to exist, um, but you do see more upsets now than you ever did in the women's game. And I think that's a big plus, too. It's actually it's not a predictable game. It was very predictable for a very long, long time. And that made that took entertainment away from the game, from the product. So whatever all it may be, all these variables, all these factors play a role in this. But seeing the growth of the women's game, I mean, we're we're at a pretty big spot in in the history of basketball right now, as we currently sit watching it, uh, as this stuff blows through the roof. So it's really, really awesome, and it just was an observation I had as we watched these these crowds all around the NCAA tournament at these host sites uh, and how big they were.
0: Yeah, well, and one thing I you know you notice it takes in order for a game to take off, you have to have basically teams that dominate mm-hmm. because they've got to basically set a villain. The, yeah and then all of a sudden these players start saying I don't want to go there I want to beat them and then it starts fanning out and and I've seen in my lifetime women's <laughs> basketball grow from Louisiana Tech and Tennessee being the dominant teams to adopting cont- you know connecticut coming in and starting to become you know 100 plus games straight Mm -hmm. you know and then all of a sudden i i I think uconn is a three or four seed this year right and that tells you that the the game is getting it's 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 distributing more yes to to other teams because you know you're right up until what was it how many years ago was it that that the the men's final four was all number one seeds? And it was the first time ever that all four one seeds made it to the final four. I can't remember what year I'm going to look at. I believe up. it was Memphis, Kansas when they played in the championship game, maybe.
1: Oh, that but would have been uh, 2008?
0: Yeah, I think that might have been the first time that ever happened. But like you said, you could just go one, 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 one for many years. Mm-hmm. and And you'd be right. Yep, you might you might not get the right path of who they played, but you'd get the right Final Four. Yep, and I think they've they're doing a great job getting it. You know, and and I think the women have decided that they don't all want to go to UConn or at the time Tennessee or yep. you know those 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 blue bloods on the women's side they want to start making their own path. And now you've seen like Brittany Griner go to Baylor and develop Baylor into what they are uh you know you just see it and and it's it's doing very well i I, i'm i'm happy that they're starting to compete uh more evenly rather than going well how many how many games straight is yukon gonna win before they lose
1: and and you know what else too i think and i haven't really i suppose ran this theory theory through my head more (laughs) um but with the men's game it felt like there were so many more factors and variables in just the game of, of men's basketball that existed for teams to either create an advantage or disadvantage. Yeah, In the women's game, a, a big one for the men was athleticism. Some mm-hmm. teams playing above the rim. Florida Gulf Coast made it to the Sweet 16 by dunking the basketball. Like,
0: like 48,000 for- times.
1: Yeah, like that's simply an option that never was on the table for Mm -hmm. women's basketball. The game had and athletes are not at that level, but we're starting to see athletes grow and grow and evolve and evolve. And I think is as athleticism is shooting through the roof on on female athletes, you're seeing the women's game start to build some of those factors where, Mm -hmm. hey, we can create an advantage here if we use our athleticism in, in a full court press, we can do different things uh because there's more variables in the game and a big one right. I think is athleticism.
0: Right. Yeah, I agree. And uh you know it, it's it's nice to have um that parity start to develop more because then yep. it it makes it makes the women's game more enjoy, enjoyable to consume.
1: Yes. Yes, 100% agreed. It's awesome.
0: Yep, absolutely. I agree.
1: All right, before we sign off and uh, get out of here, watch some more March Madness and see if Sam <laughs> ends up as a happy camper and gets ready to uh, cancel his, his team's games and head to New Orleans. Uh, do you want to <laughs> let everybody know where they can find us?
0: Yeah, You, if you look at the top of our screen, if you're watching on video, you can find us on Twitter, Big Ten Plus Four. Spell out the word plus. Um, find us Big Ten Plus Four on Facebook. Uh oddpodsmedia.com is where we're housed right now uh for any information. Uh we will be getting a page going before too long, hopefully, uh that uh can go there. But then uh you can find us on ASAP network. Uh you can find us on Facebook live every week. Um, we're on YouTube. Uh, through the asap network so whenever we we uh, stream you can find us there you can basically find us anywhere you find podcasts and if you don't want to wait for the restream on asap you can go to spotify and watch our glowing bright sunshiny faces there Ooh. bright early in the morn if you so choose or you can listen to us audio wise too you'll get the same video or audio uh, as you would watching us so good things happening mister
1: but you'll miss the effort i i woke up and shaved this morning for our video audience yeah so our audio audience is like i really don't care dalton
0: i apologize that my hair's a mess i forgot to put a hat on
1: (laughs) now that's something you can only get away with on audio (laughs) nonetheless uh it's been a lot of fun bringing you big 10 plus four This week. And of course, hopefully, everybody has a great time with March Madness. Enjoy the Sweet 16 and Elite Eights this weekend. And we'll be talking to you before the Final Four happens, as that'll do it for us here at Big Ten Plus Four. That's Sam Sprunger. I'm Dalton Shetler. We'll talk to you next week.
0: Boiler up. See you later.